0: Hello and welcome back to the RevOps show. Today is all about what we call the five levels of revenue operations, which goes through three tactical levels, a chasm, and two strategic levels. Jess and Doug will be covering the difference, if there is any, of RevOps versus sales ops and or marketing ops. What strategic RevOps means, how you do it, and how these five levels are not linear. A lot of ground is about to be covered, so let's hop into it.
1: Yes, we're in the home stretch. We are. We got what, two and a half weeks left?
2: Two, I think it's two weeks. <laughs> two weeks.
1: Two weeks? Not, two
2: weeks? We're not working on the 23rd? To be determined.
1: To be determined. <laughs> I think we might all be asleep by the 23rd.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, I. You know, I'm always tired when we hit December, but I can't remember. I can't I don't remember being this tired.
2: I, I don't think we've ever had a December this busy before.
1: Oh no, we have. We no,
2: have. I, I don't know when I've been here if we have.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I'm not a I am not I do not want to mention client names, but uh
2: Oh, I know exactly what you're gonna bring up. Yes. <laughs> we have. I blocked that out.
1: That, that was when we had uh the consultant who told us that we didn't oh, know what we were doing and that's right. And we weren't gonna survive and
2: we weren't going to be able to to grow and scale
1: and all that so (laughs) so yeah um but there's still lots and lots and lots of business to close there is you know what you know what we should do um in january we should do an episode a little bit on um and we should probably sprinkle it in on our rev ops journey
2: oh yeah we should
1: because we're kind of going through a little bit of a rev ops
2: transformation
1: consolidation point if, if, if you will, which I think is probably a nice segue for what are we talking about today?
2: It is. It is. So I want to talk about strategic RevOps and what does it mean? How do you do it? And and I want to get a little bit into what we call the the five levels of revenue operations.
1: Arnie, right, let's get started.
2: Yeah. So um, first, I, w- I want to talk about how RevOps differs from marketing and sales ops, because I don't know that we've actually... Dug in on that much, and I think if you're going to talk about strategic rev ops, that that's actually a good place to start. So, how does rev ops differ from marketing ops, sales ops?
1: Well, t- tell me a little bit more. What, what? So, what
2: you know, I think that that oftentimes when 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 we talk about rev ops, a, a lot of people are actually thinking sales ops when we talk about it. So that's why I want to talk about the difference. So, because I think those two things get conflated. You know, sales ops was was a big thing a couple of years ago, and everybody made a push for that. And I think that 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 people often think sales ops is rob
1: Give me an example. Um, so you're thinking. Wait a second. I'm the one that asks questions. Here. Exactly. it has to. to exactly.
2: Exactly. I'm trying. I'm trying to put my myself in my shoes when I was when I was a sales ops manager. Is what is what I'm. Be,
1: because so, what But before I go, I mean, because is is that because you're talking to a sales focused person and we were talking to a marketing focused person would they think revops is marketing ops
2: yeah probably yeah that that's probably fair i mean yeah so you know i i think what i'm getting at is you know sale, sales ops i think i think revops encompasses parts of sales ops but sales ops is not revops if that if that makes sense so
1: so i'm actually not following
2: Great. Off to a wonderful start.
1: Well, no, this is good. One of the reasons we do this podcast is so that we as an organization can get aligned behind what we're doing.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so like to me, sales ops is supporting the sales team, managing the, the database managing, um, the, the content for sales, making and that's sure not that not RevOps. So I think there's things there that fall under rev ops, but, um
1: well, are, are you saying rev ops is, is all of sales ops? Cause it sounds like you're saying that rev ops and sales ops is a Venn diagram where there's overlap, but there's also mutual exclusivity.
2: That is probably the way that I was communicating it for that. But, but I don't actually believe that now that, you, now that you, that, now that you kind of explain it that way. So no, I don't think they're a Venn diagram where there's things that, are, that fall under rev or fall under sales ops that aren't rev ops. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is RevOps is holistic, whereas you have marketing ops and sales ops which are which are gonna be a little more focused and encompass you you know, Rev RevOps is looking at the at the life cycle as a whole. So from from lead to to sales or sorry, to marketing to sales to Ooh, I success. To
1: I get to play what people say to me all the time.
2: You do? Okay.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that, I I think sometimes maybe we're getting too tied into definitions and, and academic. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a a little bit in a, in a, so what place, you know, so what, like, maybe we start off and we say, what is RevOps? The the truth of the matter today with the way it's been rolled out is what do you want it to be? Okay. Right. So, so I, I, I think that one problem when you use the word RevOps is there's no, there is no single definition of it. You know, that, that's a problem for us because we sell. Right. And, and so it would really be nice if we could use a term that had consistent meaning. Um, and, and then you could assess and benchmark. Um, like one of the problems with benchmarking RevOps is that you're not, you can't benchmark non-like item. You know what I'm saying?
2: What do you mean by that? Can you give me like, what do you mean by you can't benchmark? I can't benchmark
1: an apple with an orange.
2: Oh, okay. All right.
1: Or even more importantly, I can't benchmark an apple with a chair. Um, I right. can't benchmark uh, a three-person company with a 30,000-person company. It's true. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, so, you know, for me, for it to be revenue operations, actually, you know, as I'm g- about to say this, I have an exception in mind. So what, where, where I was starting was for it to be revenue operation, then it becomes, then it has to be strategic, which, which opens up. A whole can of worms of what is strategic. Right. We're talking about a word um, that's used multiple times with multiple definitions, all at the same time, including from the same person. I used yep. to count in in um, when I was in um, Vistage, what used to be called Tech, which was a CEO peer coaching group. I one time counted how many times people use the word strategy or strategic, and how many different meanings it had. And I, I, you know, I think it got used like you know fifty times and had forty seven different meanings. And there were only 10 people in the group. So people were right. reusing the term, using it meaning one thing one time, another thing another time. Which you know, so some of that gets to it's holistic, but I think the problem with when you say, Well, it's holistic, is I don't that's not really an that's right. not really an operative term. So Which goes
2: back to it's whatever you want it to be.
1: <laughs> now, now the exception is I think revenue operations is also if it's super purely tactical and you're small. So mm-hmm. so for example, if if I were starting all over. I would probably start, you know, RevOps kind of came to be where there was sales operations, there was marketing operations, maybe there became customer success operations. And then, you know, as it, it grew to RevOps, I think today I might start with RevOps because I don't have enough to, to have a dedicated sales op. So so that's where yeah. RevOps should be tactical because it's supporting, you know, across the board. But But again, to be, you know, to me, the more operative question is not, what is rev ops versus what is sales ops or marketing ops. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that for, for, for a couple of reasons. One is I don't think that, I mean, it's an interesting debate. It's one that I like to have while I'm enjoying a nice <laughs> glass of scotch, but, it, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Like, right. You know, it's so what the other, you know, so the, the more operative issue is are are you approaching it, you know, tactically or strategically? And and if you're approaching it strategically, then then that includes tactical. So I think a lot of people talk about rev ops, and I think when you're saying that that it's really sales ops or marketing ops, I think what you're really saying is they're viewing it through, you know, the tactical lens, not okay. not through a strategic lens.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: And so, what is strategy? And and by the way, people get this wrong, all the time.
2: Okay, so what is strategy? I am- <laughs> I am. Since you're, oh, since you're about to I am us enough to
1: you're... define strategy for the world. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is I'm not defining strategy for the world. Um, you know, the stra- strategy, I think the father of strategy is a Harvard professor called Michael, Michael Porter, name, not called, his name was Michael Porter. They called him Michael Porter too. I imagine from what I know about him, they called him a few other things that maybe weren't as nice as Michael Porter. Um, you know, but Michael Porter defined strategy as the, um, continuous process of making decisions to manage trade-offs to maximize the probability to successfully deliver your value proposition. Which, which by the way means if you don't have a clear value proposition, you cannot be strategic. Because right. if you don't know what your value proposition is clearly, then you can't make trade-off decisions. So what what strategy, actually Richard, um, God, I'm going blank on his name, but we'll get it in the show notes. And we have a blog post on it. Um, actually, I can get it for you because I'm going to look up the uh, the blog post. And, and by the way, the blog post is strategy kills. Richard Rumal wrote a great book called good strategy, bad strategy. The difference in why it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, strategy is, you know, at, at its core, it's making decisions.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. It's it's making a decision. and And by the way, it's not making just yes decisions. And I find this is another place where people get lost. They make lots of yes decisions, but they don't make no decisions.
2: Well, I think, I think you the the definition hits the nail on the head where you talk about managing trade-offs as a as a big piece of strategy. And I don't, you know, we we we've hit on managing trade-offs in the last few episodes, actually. Um, but it, which is a big part of RevOps, but I I I think that's a big part of strategy that that people don't consider that as part of it.
1: So I'm 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 pulling from our blog post strategy kills, because this is worth it. Our strategy is to implement a low cost methodology to disrupt the status quo and become the premier option in our category. We will take a customer centric ap- approach to disintermediate our comp- our competitors. Utilizing machine learning, we'll rec- we will create a first mover advantage, right? I hear all kinds of things like that. Strat- that's not strategy. As a matter of fact, I don't even know what that means. And I don't think anyone <laughs> else knows what that means, right? Here's another thing that's not strategy. Our strategy is not to reduce costs by 10% per year. Our strategy is not, you know, strategy is not grow by 20% per year. A strategy is not be the leader, right? A strategy has three key elements, a diagnosis that defines what is the challenge, a guiding policy, right? That's what that, and that's the core of strategy, the guiding policy that enables people to filter their decisions to manage the trade-off decision that leads to a set of coherent actions, right? That you can triangulate and iterate to, to increase the probability of, of achieving that. Right. So I think like the first problem is you can't have strategic revenue operations if you don't have strategy and, and, and that's what holistic means, right? Too many people are comfortable defining that this is our market, but they're totally uncomfortable defining that, that this is not our market.
2: Oh yeah. Because they
1: say things like, well, well, I mean, heck we were on with, with a, you weren't on the call. We were, we were reviewing, messaging with a group that you know on on updating it and you know the the sweet spot had been defined as as mid market or second tier um in, in the category that they sell to and someone said well you know does this mean we don't sell to first tier no it doesn't mean you don't sell to first tier right it doesn't mean that but it means that first tier is not it is not, not oh, going to yes. influence your guiding policy that yeah. you're that you're willing to lose first tier to win second tier because that's where you're going to be you know that that's where you're going to be the best that's where you're going to be distinct and different and so you know all those things come in to define you know what is revenue operations to truly view it through the lens of revenue operations in in my humble keyword humble opinion
2: <laughs> all right so i want to i want to talk about the 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 five levels of revenue operations cuz this actually does feed into the the tactical versus the strategic um as we talk talk through them so i just want to kind of go through the the five levels and and how they apply and and
1: can i talk about it from a meta perspective before we sure. go into the levels yeah go for it i think it's easy for people to fall into this trap of are you doing it right or are you doing it wrong or even where this conversation started is that revops is that not revops yeah right and like, I think it's okay. The, the, the moment you introduce, well, by the way, you don't even have to introduce it. Every organization has revenue operations, whether they call it out or not. And, and, and whether it's, you know, whether the juice is worth the squeeze to call it out, to, to make it a separate discipline, um, you know, is, is a legitimate question. But the moment, um, who, Stephen Covey talked about the idea of production and production capacity. Right. And, and if you run your machine and he was using the machine as a metaphor for humans, like if we work ourselves to our full capacity all the time, our machine burns out, it breaks down and it leads to bigger problems. And he talked about, you know, you need to build your production capacity at a, at a faster rate than you are building your production. Right. And I think, you know, that, that's the way that I kind of look at, at the real meta of what is and why is revenue operations. So, so the moment you pay attention to something that's not directly doing, Mm -hmm. then, then you've begun to implement operations, which falls into, and, and if, and if that's related to customer facing market, facing revenue facing, then you are implementing revenue operations. So it's not a question of are you doing revenue operations? Or are you not doing revenue operations? It's not a question of, are you doing it right? Or are you not doing it right? It's a question of what type of revenue operations or, or what level of re- revenue operations. You know, when my son played rec ball, he was a baseball player. Yeah. Right? Barry Bonds was also a baseball player.
2: Right.
1: Right. It, no one said Barry Bonds is a baseball player and Drew is not a baseball player. Right. But no yeah. one confused Drew for Barry Bond. No offense, Drew.
2: Maybe, maybe Drew did.
1: Right. And 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 so when I when you know when you play rec ball, you're a baseball player. When you play high school ball, you're still a baseball player. Right. You're at a different level. When you play college, you're still a baseball. Player. So you're still a baseball player all the way through. It's just, you know, what, what level are you, are, you are you? Yeah. And and what I would say what the operative question, like the reason that we created it, is the operative question is what level of revenue operations do you need to be at? To maximize the probability of juice for the squeeze.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the most interesting um, thing about this for me is I, you know, I think we've got a lot of people who strive to be at a higher level than they actually need to be to, to, you know, accomplish their goals, do what they need to do. And they start having diminishing returns on trying to strive for this level that they're not structured for. They're not ready for, and, and really aren't getting, 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 like you said, juice for the squeeze out of so it. So
1: I think you hit I think you hit two things there, right? There's the question of is that where you need to be? And there's the question of are you capable?
2: Yeah.
1: Right. So like I when 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 my son was playing 10U ball and he was now above rec, he was playing on the travel team, right? So so he was at a higher level. I couldn't work drills with him. And like one of the things I love is I go to spring training sometimes. And, and you see the drills that are being done in spring training. And what's so cool is they're the exact same drills yeah. you do with, with 10-year-olds, but they're not the same drills. Right. Like, you, you can't do the same things. Um, so, so again, it, 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 it really, it's about capability and about where do you need to be? And, and also about where, you know, what's the greater context? You know, the, the trouble is an operations paradigm views the world through efficiency and And really, efficiency only, right? Um, and yeah, and a, efficiency comes to a point where where you hit diminishing returns and even negative returns. But b, there are conditions where where efficiency doesn't matter. There are conditions, for example, where cost doesn't matter, right? when you know we we worked with a company that was you know, an asset non asset trucking company when shale was really going through a big growth factor. And the worst thing that you could do there is focus on sales costs. Be- because by the way, whatever like you, as if you could get the materials to where they needed to be, mm-hmm. at, you know, in the beginning, contract size was not an issue. So, so don't worry about costs. Right. Right. When AOL, I mean, at, you know, Jeffrey Moore calls it a tornado market. When you're in a tornado market, you play yeah. by different rules. So it is, you know, what's the game that you're playing right? What's the trade-offs that are involved that determine what's the right level of revenue operations for you? Realizing that whether you are paying attention to it or not, you have revenue operations.
2: Yeah. And I think that, I think that's another thing too, that, that doesn't get thought about or talked about, which is you're, you're doing it, whether you know you're doing it or not. It's like, Hey, I want to do revenue operations, but you guys are already doing revenue operations. What are the things you're doing (laughs) today? Um, all right cool so let's let's walk through the levels. so uh level one, which is the lowest level, <laughs> I feel like I need to clarify that level one anarchy it's my favorite name for a level by the way <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, that, that, that's just that's where everyone starts it, yeah you have revenue operations but there's there's no it's it's not a defined function yep so there there's no sales operations manager as a matter of fact you know you're your receptionist is probably, well, back when you had receptionists, you know, they, they were, I, you know, I, I saw somebody that was um, a friend of mine that runs a coaching business and, and she's hiring a, um, an executive assistant and it's like, yeah, that's your revenue, you know, that's your revenue, out you know, which they didn't call it that, but. That
2: was, that was me. That was, that was me mm-hmm. in a past life. I started mm-hmm. out as a, as an executive assistant and mm-hmm. they moved me to a marketing manager. I'm, I'm not a marketer. But I was doing really what would be considered revenue operations now, activities, and they didn't know what to call me. So that
1: now, now, the problem where you were was, <clears throat> you know, in the role before they moved you to marketing manager, <clears throat> you were, you know, th- that was where, you know, you had lots of responsibilities. One of those things was, you know, prepare reports for president. Yeah. The problem was the size, the scale, the complexity of the organization, what, you know, required more than level one. Oh, yeah so it was absolutely absolutely so, so the the downside to level one is you have a lot of friction, and there's a lot of drag. But I want to emphasize again, the goal is not to eliminate friction. Eliminating friction is only and at best is a means to an outcome. So like our goal is not to reduce friction, right? because i can I can reduce friction really easily. You're the fastest way to reduce friction?
2: i I know it, but I can't Just don't it do escape me <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> there there are fields filled with with people that are experiencing zero friction. I'll let everyone figure out what we call those fields, right? The the, the goal's not to reduce friction, the goal's not even to increase momentum or velocity. Those are those are means too. Mm-hmm. And I have seen people that spend ungodly amounts of time reducing friction. Yeah. Right? I've seen people spend more time reducing friction. Than the time or value created of the friction, right? So, you know, ne- ne- never make the cure more costly than the ill, right? Yeah. And that's you know, so so like it's okay that you start off at revenue. I mean, it's okay that you start off at anarchy. There's no such place that doesn't have friction. There's no such place that has everything in order. You know, it 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 never happens. There's other things that are more important. You know, we talk about the flywheel. We talk about increased force, reduced friction. We talk about that one of the challenges with increasing force is it it hits a point of diminishing returns. Yeah. Right. And 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 there's a limit to how much force that you can add. Right. And and one of my favorite examples of how much force you can add is you can take nine of the smartest, most intelligent, most talented women in the world, and you're not going to cut any time on on how long it takes have a baby. Right. Right. So you know, one of the things that I, you know, especially as revenue operations has become this really super hot popular thing, is, you know, you got to get you, you got to get to a critical mass of force before reducing friction is going to have impact. Now the nice thing about reducing friction is you don't have the same point of diminishing return, but you've got to have the force. You know, right. your your max is, you know, what what what's the level of the force? you know, if, if if you will, you know, there, we, we were talking to a client the other day and they're like, well, we don't know what the answer is. I said, okay, great. There's a, you know, there's, there's a very specific way to handle when you don't know what the answer to this is. And that is you take, you have a choice. You can take a wild ass guess,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you can be a little bit more scientific. And we call that a scientific wild ass guess, right? So you take a wag or a swag. And as long as you like here, again, it's okay to be wrong. Right. Right. As long as you have a, you know, as long as you have an assumption that's there. Um, and look, you know, I, you know, we've had an outstanding 2021. Um, and if I were to tell you that we were going to do this year, what we did with the resources that we had yep. before this year started, heck, I think even during this year, <laughs> you would not have believed, you know, you like there, it would have been no way. Right. right? So so we certainly have done like this year is proof of of the things that we've done that increase capacity. And, and, you know, I think it makes people uncomfortable sometimes when, when I work with them, both internally and and externally with clients is I'm very, very comfortable being very, very direct and, and probably more direct about what's wrong in the situation than what's right. Right. But just because I know it's wrong, doesn't mean that I'm going to do anything about it. As a matter of fact, I think, I think in a lot of ways, that's the, the most important, most strategic decision that you make, which is of all the things that I could or should be doing, what am I choosing not to do Yeah. so that I can do these other things better that will, you know, and, and so it's okay to, to be at, to be at anarchy. Um, Once you start getting, uh, you know, once you have a sales team, probably around five or 10, depending upon the number of transactions, you know, there, 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 there comes a point where anarchy is now not going to be enough that you do need to do something about it. Um, but that, you know, that's where we start. So it's just kind of dealing with it in a very ad hoc, very reactive way.
2: Yep. Yep. All right. Which brings us to level two, which is siloed, um, which i i believe we we kind of explained this is the equivalent to marketing and sales ops so a little bit of what we talked about earlier where you're still in the in the tactical um space
1: well you know and again it's not i mean so the first 3 levels you're 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 tactical um you know siloed is you know you have you have sales operations you have marketing mm-hmm. operations you have success operations mm-hmm. they they report differently um, yeah. you know, wh- you know, I was, we, we, we were doing a reporting deep dive with, with a client today and they were talking about how, you know, they want to be able to get this from, from HubSpot and this from Salesforce. And they wanted to be really clean, et cetera. And I, and I said to him, I said, look, we're going to be able to make some progress on that, but, but I, and, and I know really what they, you know, they were really defining a different problem. Right. What, what I pointed out to him is like, there's no, you know, I don't know that there ever was, but there certainly is not any more this linear aspect of marketing does this and then yeah. it fails, right? And, and so, you know, what happens is, you know, if, if you study constraint theory, bottleneck theory, um, complex ecosystems, what, what you find is there's a difference between optimizing for the whole, optimizing for throughput and optimizing for individual functions. So if you're, you know, if you fully optimize your sales and you fully optimize marketing and you fully optimize success, you actually are underperforming because they're not going to align. Yeah. Right. There, there, that goes back to trade off. Look, have, have we here, you know, here's an example. We have made the decision, you know, we've slowly but steadily been increasing our rates this year. Right, including pricing at times, looking at it, saying, "Hey, I think we might price it at here." I don't know if we're gonna, because we know that there are people, you know, that, that the that the delta is getting bigger, right? But it becomes okay. Well, you know, if we take a look at at the cost of capacity, you know, what what we're trying to solve for is 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 revenue, short term and long term. Yeah, you know, th- those things come about. Um, could we have generated more revenue this year? Could we have generated more sales this year? Yes, we could have. Um, we actually made a decision to greatly reduce what we were doing on a marketing side, and and to change the focus of that because, you know, where those demand elements were coming, and if we were looking at them in separate domains, like for example, you know, many companies, and I know this company, you know, I'm not, well, I'm not mentioning the company, so no one will know. So they, if if they're listening, no one will know who you are. <laughs> um, you know, but but part of marketing teams. You know, part part of the marketing organization's comp is is marketing generated pipeline. Yeah. Right now that that makes sense, except
2: they don't have control over all that.
1: Well, no, 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 no. This is that you know this is
2: oh generated. generated. Okay. Gotcha.
1: You know what if you know if if what the company is trying to do is is to maximize revenue, then is that the right thing? You know now now marketing will not think about well you know, marketing won't look at. And if they looked at, they'll get, you know, pushed back to say, well, you know, we've noticed that we seem to lose 20% of sales opportunities at this point. We think that there's a misunderstanding, right? And, and again, I'm not saying that this even applies to the company that we talked to today, but but I am saying that that's what happens when you look at marketing through marketing. And 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 yeah, by the way, this company would absolutely be a company that I would say is at, is at the siloed, you know, is at the siloed perspective um and and so like we don't see through and it you know lead lead goes from marketing to 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 sdr bdr from bdr to account exec into pipeline you know to proposal well everyone's optimizing the in-between when when again like one of the things i point out and, and you know we see this all the time when we do win rate analyses you know they 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 have three and this is not unique to them they you know they they've got small, medium, and large business. Yep. Right. And you know, typically your small, you have more, you have higher volume of small, lower volume of large. Yep. Well, when you look at the world through percentage, which is what conversion rate is, then volume dictates.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And so if I want to maximize my point A to point B conversion, and I've got 10 times the small opportunity leads to one large lead, but, but one large lead is worth a hundred X small, right. I'm optimizing to small. Yeah. And we see this all the time when we do a win rate on number of opportunities versus dollar value of opportunity.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. We'll, we'll see a 10 X difference. We'll see, you know, 35, 40% win rate by number of opportunities, 6% win rate, you know, yeah. Yeah. And
2: then,
1: and then you wonder why people wonder why we're not missing forecast why they're not making forecasts. Right. And, and so that, those are the types of things that happen at silo. And, and there, you know, when you're in a silo approach, what you're, you know, you're, it's all about efficiency. Yeah. Which, which also, by the way, what if without increasing resources, I took your 30% conversion rate from one key milestone to the next key milestone and turned it into 20% conversion rate, would that be good or bad? Well, in a silo world, it's bad.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say, it depends on what you're measured on.
1: <laughs> okay, but, but what, if, what if the number of opportunities went from 1,000 to 1,500?
2: 1, well, then that would be good. Unless you're not measured on those opportunities, in which well, case that would be bad. <laughs> but,
1: but by the way, when, so when you're in this, ne- and, and now let's change it further. What, what if I were to tell you that you're going to go from 30% to 20% Mm-hmm. and you're going to go from 1000 to 500 but you're going to win 30% more business in 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 total volume yep right and so when we talk about solving for the whole like like what i'm talking about here is not theoretical right you know, we see it li- like literally every day in our business and, and how we manage it we see it every day in in our clients businesses and so you know am i saying don't report on conversion no i'm not saying that at all but i'm saying what happens on silo is you take, you know, we, we, we operate in a complex system. And when you go to a silo, you separate from what the real system is. And, you, you know, the, the, this is why everybody like, why with all the technology that we have today, why is everyone working harder than they've ever worked before? I don't know. Right. But I mean, our, isn't that, I, I, I feel that what way. Our clients are telling us? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: How many it people have, have said, Oh my God, we bought, you know, we, we, we invested in this CRM and oh, I'm 20% less stressed this year than I was last year. Right. Yeah. How many say I'm the same stressed? Right. Right. Well, well, the, the reason is, is because the, the way, you know, siloed and for all this talk about alignment, and we're going to get to the next level of alignment. Yeah. Right. For, for all this talk, we're still optimizing for the individual, which doesn't add up. It gets to a real place. What I talk about, you know, or not, not I talk about, but, um, I forget, you know, you know, the map is not the terrain. The model yeah. is not reality. And, and in, in a silo approach, you begin to, you be, you know, spreadsheets become really, really important. And I'm yeah. not anti-spreadsheet. I love spreadsheets, but I'm referring to these really, you know, big waterfall spreadsheets that are all about, you know, and we start managing by percentages. I learned yeah. a long time ago, you know, early on, cause I, my first sales job, I was all commissioned. And I learned I don't get to deposit percentages.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to a to, to level three, which is aligned. So which is where we bring together kind of those silos. So you know
1: about. the truth is that aligned you you don't bring to you don't it's still silos. Okay. It's still sales. You look at sales, you look at marketing, you look at the the big thing that happens here is is communication improves right so so this is what happens when you bring them together and you now operate as a single team now i've seen mm-hmm. a lot of revenue operations teams where they brought together their sales operation i mean their sales marketing success teams put a head of revenue operations and while they're all revops they're still the sales marketing and success team sure. right Sure. There, yeah. you know, so so what happens here is is better communication. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I think, what you know, HubSpot dubbed smarketing. I think if you're truly doing smarting, and and there are a lot of people who say smart, you know that, you know, yeah. aligned is not. We have an SLA. It's like real cross functional. Right. Yeah. Um. But again, you're still the focus is still efficiency, which means it's still reactive. you 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 address you address points of friction, mm-hmm. but you don't address causes of friction.
2: Yeah. And I, th- I think that's a place where, I mean, we talk about this a lot in relation to CRM. I think it's, it's the place where it gets highlighted, where it's easy is to highlight it, which is, you know, a problem arises. So I'm gonna create this workflow to fix it. But that workflow then breaks two other things that I hadn't thought of because we didn't really address the cause of the issue. So when I say workflow, I mean automation. Um, so I think that that that's that's a really important thing. Is you know we we frequently want to address the issue, but don't really dig into what's causing the issue. So we we end up putting a bunch of band aids on stuff um, versus actually fixing fixing the overall.
1: Yeah, you 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 know who you know the father of revenue operations didn't realize he was the father of revenue operations. As a matter of fact, I'm just making the. The connection right now is W. Edwards Deming.
2: I was going to ask you if you were the father of revenue. No, 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 <laughs> no. no.
1: Um, I'm the bastard child of revenue operations. Um, I'm the I'm the uh, John Snow of revenue operations. There you know, people go. confuse me with Kit Harrington all the time.
2: I can see it.
1: Um, is is W. Edwards Deming, right? Who who said it's a systems problem? Yeah. You know, when when you're seeing, you know, repetitive items like you know again. It, it, if you're talking about it's a crM problem and you hear and and that's and that's the frequent talk then then you're tactical you're're you're, you're at a tactical level sure because it, it's not it, it's not a we have a problem with the crm it's we have a problem with the business process right yep and 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 I think so often we look at the crM not not the business process right or oh, yeah. or we you know we ask for this report but we don't think about how does this report impact other things and 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 is that actually you know Right? and and so we treat a lot of symptoms. So so we're, you know, we're dealing with everything downstream. We're de- you know, in 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 a line, you're still dealing with things predominantly, your 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 center of gravity is at the point of execution, rather than dealing with it rather than solving downstream problems upstream. You know, we talk a lot of time a, a lot internally because I have said you can't solve upstream problems downstream. but yeah. but the real point of that statement is you can, solve downstream problems upstream. Yep. And, and that's what you, know, you, you, you should be striving to do. And that requires that you embrace the complexity and the complication that exists. Like how many times when we map out a process, our first pushback is, well, this looks really complicated. Yep. And my question is, tell me where it's wrong. Tell me where it's off. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, I, like, this is how it works, but okay. That would be like designing a piece of software mm-hmm. and saying, "Well, that code is a little bit too much, so let's just right." You know,
2: but I'm I'm worried we've jumped ahead because what you're talking about is actually strategic, right? So we've we've jumped past aligned.
1: <laughs> so so the reason I think I did that is it's hard to define aligned. Like it's hard to define it by saying what it is
2: mm-hmm. instead if, of saying what it's more
1: not. by saying what it isn't right? You're still not addressing these things. You know, you're at a lot, you don't have a real seat at the table. Yeah. Right. You, you know, so, which is the, you know, are you getting to select, you know, how much influence do you have on the groceries that are being bought for the dinner you're supposed to cook? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and.
2: Would you say that it's being in a more proactive versus reactive for position? I mean, that, that, that goes to a little bit of what you said about addressing downstream problems upstream, but it, it if you're, if you're, more reactive and aligned than than when you kind of cross the chasm to level four into more strategic.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm careful here because I think you know it's not like once you go strategic, you know the skies part, you know the waters part, and you know Moses has come and and, we, and and we 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 cross the Dead Sea. um It's you know and and I'm you know I'm going to use the term you know in in aligned you're still don you know you're still playing whack-a-mole
2: yeah now,
1: when you're strategic does that mean there's no whack-a-mole no there there probably is especially if you're growing fast right i mean there's still some whack-a-mole i mean thing, things still pop up things happen but it, it's like it's the difference between controlled chaos and chaos um and and, and it's also like when you're when you're cross the chasm like when you're aligned you're still you still suffer from resulting Right. You're you're assessed by the outcome, not by by the input. Right. Because no one has enough confidence to know what what the input should be. Right. So the only thing they can measure is the result. Right. Yeah. And, and and that's why, you know, you're always playing from behind. You know, I, I think we do a pretty good job at Imagine of playing a strategic RevOps game for Oz. Are there still things where we have to react? Yeah. Oh yeah. All. I I think we're we have a much stronger reaction. Like it, we're not. You know, it's not as, you know, fire drill ish, but, you know, and 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 there is certainly a lot more proactive, and there is a lot more clarity. And and you know, one of the things that also happens, and this is interesting, um, I was listening to um Kara Swisher's podcast Sway, and, um, the person he was interview, she was interviewing, you know, brought up the point that you know one of the things, um, he was talking about climate change, and you know, and and she was asking. Really, have we made progress? There, you know, there yeah. are so many people ignoring it. And he said, "Yeah, we are ignoring it too much." But what? But but twenty years ago, we weren't even complaining about it. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that's actually progress. We feel worse, right? And how many times have we have we <laughs> talked about that? Like we, yeah. You, know, you become aware of the problem. Guess what? That's progress. It, it, it might not feel better, but it's progress. I mean, so 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 the way that I would wrap up. A line which also wraps up tactical is your your focus is is internal still. So you're more, you know, it's still dominated by efficiency or enablement. And and it's really still about managing the status quo. It's about optimizing this. So that's why you hear opt- yep. all the time. It's efficiency, yeah. efficiency, efficiency.
2: Yep. All right. So now we cross the chasm. Into level four, which is strategic rev ops, which we talked about a lot, but sorry, were you going to?
1: So, so I, I, I want to hit on the chasm because it is a chasm, okay. right? You yep. go from like level one to level two to level three is, 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 it's linear. It's progressive. You get better. And, and right. So level one, level two, level three is different in degree. Level three, level four is different in kind.
2: When you say level three, level four, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. From level yeah.
1: three to level four, yes. it's different okay. in kind. It's no longer just different in degree. It's not, okay, right. so we're doing it better. It's okay, no, we're doing it differently. So so as an example, uh, you know, what what and this is in the blog post on this, you know, tactical RevOps is defined as solves for efficiency, seeks to eliminate friction, sets policies, manages what's complicated, supports sales, marketing, service success. Yep. Strategic solves for revenue velocity and and actually even more revenue throughput. Um, utilizes friction to influence behavior. So you know you're in you're in tactical when your focus is on you know you're eliminating friction. And and by the way you got to get good at eliminating friction before you, you can get to the next thing. But w- you're strategic when you realize some friction's good. And and how can we use friction rather yeah, than I, eliminate it?
2: I want to. And maybe we go through and then we circle back to this, but I do want to talk about an example of how you, how you can utilize friction to, to influence behavior. Cause it seems counterintuitive.
1: Deal desk. Deal desk. Deal desk. We go back to the deal desk. Aspect. Oh yeah. Okay. Deal desk is friction. Yeah. Right. Um, account plan. You know, here's something that's friction, right? Take, take your field permission rules and don't allow a rep to change the deal stage. Have requirements of what needs to be there to move the deal to move the
2: deal, yeah. and have
1: one of those be an account plan, or we use sometimes i call I call it the are we ready filter. yeah, right? because one of the things that happens is reps will will naturally make the mistake of going too far too fast and 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 they'll miss a signal. So you add friction that forces them to slow down and think, yep, right. Re- so requiring filling in, define the problem adds friction that influences behavior, right? Okay. And by the way, if if I set it so that the only way that you can get the deal to move to the stage where the estimate can be made is you have to fill out the property, define the problem. Yeah. I don't have to do anything around adoption. Yeah. Right? Now you have to have the goods to back it up, but that's an sure. example now. And I'm not suggesting that you do that for, for that sole instance, but there are places where, and I do this to me. Because I know that I'll jump through, uh, you know, I'll run through the stop sign and then I'll look back and go, oh, "Yeah, damn it, I knew that. Why did I make that mistake? Yeah. Right, yeah. so that's a place where adding friction helps. Yeah, okay. Um, strategic RevOps manages trade-offs. So if you're not constant, you know you're in strategic when you're constantly talking about trade-offs. Yeah. Right, when you're talking about infinity exists between zero and one. Strategic is about not managing what's complicated, it manages the complex. And rather than supporting sales marketing and service or success, it orchestrates sales marketing, service and success. So, those, so that's different in kind. It's not just different in degree. So it is, and, and by the way, it takes an organizational commitment to bring revenue operations because I might say something like, wait a second, if we do this, it will, yes, it will slow down the sales team, but if we want to achieve our three-year objective, right. then we need to this needs to happen sooner or not later. And sales rightfully is going, Hey, yeah, I love three years. I care about it. By the way, yeah. what, what the head of sales knows is there's that best of 50, 50 chance they're going to be here in three years. So it's like, Hey, that's great. But right. And, and so, you know, yeah. there, there's that element, which again, doesn't mean you should sacrifice one year for three years. Right. But who's managing that trade-off.
2: Yep. Yep. All right. So let's talk a little bit about level four strategic. I mean, we hit
1: on some of it. So, so I, th- I think we can hit, hit them kind of both together in, in, okay. in, in this way, because really what level five is, is, is it's dialed in, it's institutionalized. It's just part of your operating system. It's just the way that you work. Right. Um, level four is you still like, it, it's, it's still kind of new. It's still, so that, that the, the key is, are you taking a system design approach? Right. How much does system design play? And by the way, there are some companies that have RevOps. They have system design, but system design is not done by RevOps. Right. Right. I'm yep. not saying that that doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know enough about those companies that are doing it to, to, to have an opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that you, you, you really just said, hey, we're going to have tactical RevOps. So the, the key of revenue operations is system design right? Are you looking at it as a complex system? Are you managing the core principles of system design? And, and that manifests itself because what you're really talking about is influencing behavior, right? So, so it really looks at the world through the lens of intervention yep. what is it that we want people to do, what's causing things to happen. You're, 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 you're taking a, a causal approach. You're, you're realizing that this, you know, this thing that we're doing 10 months earlier is what's actually leading this to happen 10 months later. Um, And, and so you're running experiments around there. You're seeing that lens and, and it is about, you know, you, you, you are truly beginning with the end in mind. And, and to use a term that we use internally, you're blue working the hell out of things, right? You know, you're, you're, you know, we talk about the, um, the inverse friction principle, the effortless, effortlessness of an experience has an inverse relationship to the complexity that went into designing the experience that was effortless. You're, you're, you're taking that to heart. Like your, your big, robust conversations, your headaches are caused, you know, about things that you're not even implementing yet. You're taking you're taking a zones to execution approach. Yeah. Right. Most revenue operations teams that I know have what we're doing now, most of them, what we're doing. mm mm-hmm just a big, long list of what we're doing, which they're not going to be able to. Some yeah. go what we're doing now and wish list. Yeah. At strategic, you're taking a three zones of execution. Okay. What's the transformation? You know, what's the stuff that we're building towards for where we're going to be different in one to three years? What what What's our enablement zone? What are we staging to what are we doing now? And, and, and so you're, you're, you're bringing that context to bear your, you know, what, what strategic revenue operations does it enforces and enable it enables and enforces, I should do it that way. Um, it enables and enforces a high context culture, right. And and high context is what enables people to do what they need to do and to operate without having to check on everything. And, um, and, and by the way, they know that there are always flaws in that process and they're always, and, and things are changing. And so they're looking to identify it's, it's, I, I don't want to use the analogy because it's so trite, but if, you know, watching a, a, a good football, two good football teams, you know, offensive and defensive. So the offense is making a call. The defense is trying to fool them. Mm-hmm. They make a call that right. And, and and so they're trying to read each other. Then a whole bunch of things happen and and when done right, it, it there's an orchestration. It, it It's a chance. Yeah. And then, you know, the definition of a good coaching staff, the definition of a good team is who makes good halftime adjustments. Yeah. You go in at halftime, you know, how many times And this, I mean, I hate the New England Patriots, but I got to give Bill Bellichick <laughs> credit for this. You know, they, they are a better, they've, for all practical purposes, always been a better second half team than first half team. And by the way, that's true in the game and in the season. Yeah. Right. Is that they make those adjustments. That's what high context culture is. Right. So when you make changes, you can make small changes that have big impacts because there, there's that context that that you don't have to manage and control everything. And and so you never feel like you're in control. You're in a tornado. You're oh, yeah. You're riding a tornado instead of being, you know, it's kind of like, are you being thrown around by a tornado or are you riding? It? Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. hundred percent. And that's what and- you can strive for. Yeah. And on, on the causal approach piece, like you, you talked about what do we, what do we want people to do? But I think, you know, when we talk about causal approach, it's really important to understand why, why people do what they do. And I, I think we, we hit that wall a lot of times when we start talking about RevOps ops with, um, with clients in particular, and it's like, okay, well, they're supposed to do it this way because we said they're supposed to do it this way. Okay. Why are they deviating? is it an issue with the user experience? Did it, you know, is it a, is it a training issue? Is there, is it easier for them to do it the wrong way versus doing the right way? So well, let's, let's ask them why, like, I always well, like to start with that. And
1: and, and and I would go and I would actually ask a question I think isn't asked even more than that is, are they actually deviating?
2: Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah.
1: Right. You know, m- maybe it's just stylistic. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, you know, part of the problem is we grew up with this idea, like, you know, we want to clone our best reps. No, no, you don't. <laughs> right. You know, you don't want, I mean, A, you can't. Yeah. Right. And 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 so, yeah, there, 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 there's a whole lot of that. And and also, you know, when, you know, when we make this change, what else changes? Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. You know, we, we, we talked the last two episodes, although I don't know that that's going to be in order in how people hear this, because of how we published it. Yeah. But in the last two episodes we recorded, you know, we talked about CRM adoption and and one element that people don't talk about CRM adoption is how can we get adoption of the CRM without anyone adopting anything? Oh anyone, yeah. What do you mean? Well, you know, when, when, when we connect Gmail with HubSpot reps don't need to use the CRM for the CRM to be used. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, so there's all kinds of different places where, you know we can automate a lot of the data to get into there if you know if that's what we're needing so when we're looking at why do we want someone to use the CRM what what a strategic operations function is doing is saying you know how are we using this right what you know what's going to be different you know etc so yeah and, and and by the way what strategic is doing is you're always asking those questions right right yeah. even even when it's quote unquote working because again it's about trade-off And, Mm -hmm. and it's about where are we today? Where do we need to be? What's changing? So, so you're, you know, you're thinking ahead of the game. You are to quote Wayne Gretzky skating to where the puck is going to be not skating to where the puck is.
2: Yeah. All right, cool. That was a, that was a lot.
1: And, (laughs) and, And by the way, so what I would say like the operative question is to, to achieve your one year, three year, maybe five year objective what level of capability? Cause what they really represent is levels of capability. What level of capability do you need?
2: Would you also say, where do you wanna where do you want to be? So what level of capability do you, well, I guess it would be, what level of capability do you need? What level of capability do you have? And what level of capability do you need? That's what you should yeah. be looking
1: at. And it's not a, so what I would say is it's not, it's not an ask one time and you're done. Oh no. You gotta, you know, you're, you're it's gonna you're, you always your, be asking that question.
2: It's gonna change as your organization right. changes.
1: Yeah. But, you know, if if you've got two salespeople and, you know, a half million dollars in sales and you're talking about implementing a strategic RevOps function, I'm going to say there's not a lot to be strategic about in RevOps. Yeah. Right. And, and if you've got 200 salespeople and you're kind of at anarchy <laughs> and you say we need a strategic revenue operations function, I'm going to say, OK, great. What do we need to do to get there? Because that ain't going to happen today.
2: Right. All right, cool. I, I will say the the couple of things that I found most interesting. I, I liked what we talked about if, of if you're talking strategic, it includes tactical. Because I think that people say strategic and they think tactical goes out the window and, and we don't think about it that way. So I thought that was that was really interesting. And then, uh, you know, the causal approach, just thinking about it that way and, and trying to get there to get to strategic, like that's that's important. And as I mentioned, it doesn't get brought
1: up. So, and, and, and I'll emphasize this because I'm sure I'm going to ask Hannah to, to cut this a little bit out because I'm going to use this a, a billion times. What does it mean to be strategic? I've had people over the last month or so say, well, you know, we've done several strategic yeah. work, you know, exercises like this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, maybe you've done exercises like this. Like, I don't know what a strategic exercise is.
2: Right. right.
1: Because strategy is the decision. Right, it's it's the diagnosis, the guiding policy that leads to coherent action. So if you're strategic, okay, great. Show me the decisions. Yeah. Right, but but being strategic isn't being creative. Yeah. Right, being strategic isn't being visionary. I'm not saying those things don't belong, but that's not strategic. Strategic is actually, the truth is, strategic is actually kind of boring, and and really scary because you're making and remember you're making yes decisions. And you're making no decisions. decisions, Yeah. Right. And and if you can't tell me, you know, what have you said no to? You know, early on when I coached smaller companies, I I used to have a phrase, you know, they would tell me, you know, they want to build this business, does X, and then they would say, I'm willing to do this. I'm I'm willing to give it my all, but like all this other stuff. And I used and I learned the hard way. I, I started asking, so don't tell me what you're willing to do. Tell me what you're willing to give up. Yeah. My favorite quote of all time. And you've heard me talk about my third, my fourth, my second, my favorite quote of all time is a Joe Lewis quote. And Joe Lewis said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. You know, I, I, I was talking to a client yesterday. I called it, uh, people suffer from the Shawshank problem. Yeah. The Shawshank problem is you got to crawl through a half mile of shit, oh, shit.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> to, to get to paradise. Right. And, and strategic isn't thinking about how can I skip the half mile of shit? Yeah. Right. And so I hear all kinds of, Oh no, we're being strategic. And they, you know, they crawl through 10 feet of shit a million times. Yep. And they're still in Shawshank. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, right. and so, you know, that, that strategic is, yeah, we know that, that, that that's going to be hard. We know that there's going to be a difficult because everyone, like if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. Strategic yeah. is we're making our decisions in advance. So we don't lose course. That's what strategic is. And it, it's nowhere near as enthralling and, and fascinating and motivating as, as most people think it is, right? Hey, we're going to figure out our why. Okay, well, what's your why not?
2: Yeah. All right. I think we leave it there. <laughs>
0: And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Strategic RevOps is different in kind, not just degree, from tactical RevOps. And if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about the five levels of RevOps, strategic RevOps, or anything RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.